All right, we're back. <laughs> we're all back in that game last night, huh? My goodness, yeah, you're you're all cracking up. <laughs> tell you, man, crack is whack, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, the Flyers are back, man. I know. How about you? Should that? be jumping this morning. What what is it? What have they won now? Uh, they've gotten points in six of the last seven games or something. Yeah, the only one they haven't gotten the full Monty of points in was that Montreal shootout loss. Okay. But 13 of 14 available points and standings points over the last seven games and since the 10-game winless skid. Wow. Yeah. So, so what do you think it is? I mean, have the players uh, finally woken up, or is this uh, finally the right system and the right guy? Well, uh, that game last night, Har, first two periods, they were dog shit. Oh, yeah? They had a whopping 11 shots on Dabby, Philip Grubauer. They had nothing going in the game. Yeah. And then they lose the lead in the third period. And, well, they, they actually, Seattle takes the lead in the third period, two to one. And then JVR pots his second of the game to tie it 15 seconds later. And then Kevin Hayes just makes an incredible pass to Proveroff and he wins it in overtime. Wow. But that, that I means Seattle stinks. Yeah, they do. But uh, you got to beat those teams. I and mean, they're on the schedule. You got to go beat them. It's sort of like the Eagles. They yeah. played a lot of bad football teams over this last month, month and a half, but they're winning the game. So, um, and again, this advantage. weekend, you got Washington. That's right. Yeah. But this is going to be sort of like the full complement of the Washington football team. This won't be a COVID list ravaged roster. At where least you're as, plucking a as guy of now. Off the, well, yeah, as of now. <laughs> but the, with the new rules now uh, that they've, you know, introduced where the 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 shutdown period the quarantine period if you will has been cut in half and it's the same for vaccinated and unvaccinated players which i think is a very big deal because it shows you where they believe as do i this virus is going so it's i think it's i look at as a good sign and the thing is is if you if you had covid if you tested positive previously you then i believe do not you're exempt from testing for like 90, 90 days. Yeah. So most of this roster for Washington has, has had it. So yeah. I think they're going to be who they are on Sunday. And I, I expect a much better effort out of, uh, out of the football team. And this should be a good game. It, that's the thing. Harry. Everybody's going to end up with Omicron. Yeah. At right. some point, whether you're symptomatic or asymptomatic uh, right. and everybody's going to get, this is, this is going to be the herd immunity. The world is going to get by, by Omicron. I hope so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, we well, don't my sister to have has it now. My sister has it now. I might have had it. I mean, you know, I, I think it's we're we're at this point now where anybody that wakes up with a cough uh, feels the need to go get a test. I, you know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not there. Yeah. I, well, I can't even find a test hair. I know. I know. Well, that's the other thing. You know, if if you're legitimately like in need of it, and if you've got compromised immunity for whatever reason, and you really need a test. Uh, a lot of people can't get them. Yeah. We, so. we were on our way back, my wife and I, yesterday from Evans Hockey Tournament. And we're, it's called the Crabtown Showdown down in Maryland, down in Laurel, mm-hmm. out, by, yeah. out by Annapolis. And I mean, they did this thing on Tuesday night where they put six teams on the ice and they did this thing called the Crabtown Olympics. I mean, there's six hockey teams out there. Right. So there's about like 80 hockey players and they're all getting dressed in hallways and locker room. Mm-hmm. And, we're on our way back and we get a text from our neighbor saying, Hey, our, my, our daughter tested positive and she was playing with my daughter the other day. And I mean, I think I have it now. Right. And Angie's like, well, we should stop and get a test. I'm like, why? Yeah. W- what is that going to do for me? 
you're gonna put a label on it like good okay i have it right you know i it, it is what it is i'm omicron I'm, seems like the new name for a cold yeah basically it, the symptoms at least yeah so. i'm i did some look i'm no expert on it me but either there, there's certain people that i trust in reporting on this and you know i was reading one article i forget what publication it was from a guy that i trust that did an op-ed and this is basically going to be what t- takes this pandemic most likely into endemic phase because everybody's going to get this. Right, right. And if you didn't want to get vaccinated, whatever, I'm not getting into all that bullshit. Yeah. I don't care. But I am vaccinated. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. And boosted. And du- mm. I'm going to get double boosted, huh? <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I'm all that. But if you didn't want to, this is your vaccination now. You got no choice because mm-hmm. this thing is going to go around like, it's going around like a it's like wildfire. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, half a million so. cases yesterday. They're they're probably only diagnosing one in every ten or twenty mm-hmm. with all these home tests and everything else, and people just not getting even tested. So yeah, and the crazy thing is, it's like you know, if you test positive, you're trying to figure out well, where did I get this, and then you got to go back like two weeks. Yeah, like it's like a fourteen day window apparently, and you got to figure out who who all did you talk to were you in person with this person that person did you shake hands did were you wearing a mask uh you know it's it's crazy so it's almost like impossible my point is to pinpoint where you might have picked it up yeah the contact trace it right yeah contact tracing yeah yeah Yeah. i've had enough of that too (laughs) me too Uh, this whole thing is just bananas but but to your point yeah and you're right you know when all these players end up with it Mm -hmm. then they, they go into this period now because the immunity they get from having it is even greater than vaccinated. Then you combine it with vaccinated. They're not right. getting tested for 90 days. They're in, now we're in the clear. They're right. in the clear to, to move forward with seasons. And, and I don't know how many players from the Washington football team had it, but you're right. It's been like 40. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, just holding, I'm just holding my breath here because we have the college football national championship playoffs coming up tomorrow. Yeah, uh, the semifinals, and I'm just hoping that the, those four teams can avoid it because we've seen uh, you know various inconsequential bowl games being shut down. Uh, some at the last minute, some some the day of the game or the day before the game. Uh, you know, you've had college teams you know travel in Memphis's case, you know, chartering a jet with their whole team, all the support staff, you know, boosters, alumni, coaching all the way to Hawaii to play in a bowl game. And they get out there a couple of days in advance, you know, to sort of get settled in and engage in all the hoopla and the festivities leading up to the game here. They shut the game down. They're playing the university of Hawaii who is at home. Yeah. Hawaii gets an outbreak and Memphis can't play the game. So now they're out all that money, apparently, you know, in, in the expenses to go there and they don't get the, the television revenue and the, the conference oh. payout for the game. As far as I know, I mean, that's yeah, a I mean, disaster. Yeah, for something like that, like the university will get like $5 million. Yeah, you know what? I don't know what the payouts are. And some teams, I know Temple, I believe, has lost money, you know, in a couple of their bowl trips back in the day. But, you know, not every team makes money on these things when it's all said and done. But the, the bottom line is it's a big expenditure, yeah. you know, to take a team and all the support staff and everybody, you know, everybody that's involved in it and travel like that. And then, you know, NC State went out to San Diego. They were going to play UCLA in Petco Park, uh, where the Padres play in the Holiday Bowl. They had the field all, you know, painted up and decorated. Place looked great. And here, the day before the game or the day of the game, uh, you know, UCLA gets COVID for a couple of players and they had a bunch of opt outs. And they're like, ah, we're not playing the game. 
Go back oh, home, man. NC State. So you just <laughs> practiced for five weeks, six weeks, too, for no reason. Well, now, that's one thing that's a beneficial thing regardless because that's one of the best things about the bowl season for the inconsequential games is that the teams that are participating get extra weeks of practice. And the coaching staff, they love that stuff because that gives them sort of a springboard into spring football. Yeah, yeah, so you're right. That's a positive. Yeah, it, yeah, well, it gives them more control over the athlete, too, for a period of right. time and, and to develop them further. I, I feel bad for the guys that are seniors, though. I know, I know. Yeah, they're practicing, working their ass off for one last game. The guys that aren't going to the NFL, right? And all of a sudden, COVID, boom, you're yep. out in San Diego. You're not having a game. Your, your career's over. You I don't know. get that oh. moment where you know. Right. Like we might look at most of these games. There's 44 that were scheduled, which is ridiculous. But we look at them, you know, as 90% of them are irrelevant. But to the players, and, you know, it's kind of a reward for the season. Or maybe, you know, like you said, if you're a senior, it's a nice way to sort of finish up your career. Yeah. I remember when I went to to Penn State and some of the guys that, you know, that I, that I was friends with were football players and they would come back from like the blockbuster bowl right. and they'd have these bags of swag. Oh yeah. The swag oh. bag. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it would be sweatshirts, sweatsuits, you name it. Oh, and, PlayStation fours. I mean, they, yeah. they get a, you know, depending on the bowl, some of those swag bags are really, you know, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and they loved going because, they, you know, they went and, and all the boosters were there. So they got treated mm-hmm. like treated like kings and, you know, the, all the pomp and circumstance around it. Even if it was a shit bowl, like you right. know, some crappy bowl, the blockbuster bowl or whatever, to determine who's going to end up being like 14th in the country. Right. It'd be like Penn State and Tennessee. It yeah. made no sense, right? Well, Penn State's playing Arkansas this weekend and on New Year's Day. I forget which bowl it is. Uh, but they're playing Arkansas, and a bunch of the big players like Dotson, the the great wide receiver for Penn State, he's opted out already yeah. because he's getting ready for the NFL, and he's probably he could be a first round pick. Who knows? So I get that, you know. But it is kind of disappointing uh, when some of the best players, like Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for Pittsburgh, he's not going to play yeah. uh, in their game against Michigan State. Neither is the running back for Michigan State, Kenneth Walker the uh, third, who might be a first round pick. So it is kind of uh, disappointing from a fan perspective to just sort of sit back you don't get some of the best players well you know that's an issue with college football because that started a couple years ago where guys Mm -hmm. were like i'm gonna be a first round pick i don't give a shit about the bowl game so i'm just gonna opt out and like you go to that university you put yourself in a position to be a first round pick now you're giving a lot to the university the university it's reciprocal right yeah i mean but what you can't have a team that's you know, plays an entire season. And then because one dude's going to be a first round pick, doesn't want to get hurt. Like I get it. It's a business decision, mm-hmm. It is, but it's a problem. Yeah. Well, Jalen Smith, I believe the linebacker from Notre Dame a few years ago, yep. uh, got hurt in the bowl. I think it was a fiesta bowl mm-hmm. uh, against Ohio state. And I think Bosa uh, for Ohio state on the other side got hurt. They both got hurt in the game and Nick Bosa, right? I, I don't, I, re- I don't remember which Bosa it was Joey or Nick, uh, but um, go on, Bo. Jalen Smith ended up getting, you know, I think he's drafted in the second round and it could have been because of that injury. So I understand it. I get it. It only applies to a certain group of players. There's not many of them when you really look at the the grand scheme of things, but um, I kind of get it, man. It's business. And now that, you know, back then there wasn't this NIL, yeah, you know, uh, name um, and likeness thing where these guys could get paid while they play college football, which I think is great. Yeah, I do too. You know. It's it, that's far, far overdue. Yeah, you know the the thing is too is it, it's it's really relevant for those guys that fall into that slotting 
where you're drafted is what you get paid range in the NFL, mm-hmm. how it's kind of slotted. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it, too. Um, I, I don't like it because, again, it's about money. And, and but but if I'm in the same position, if I'm in that spot, I'm I'm doing the same thing because it's about setting myself up for the rest of my life. I've worked my bag off. Right. To be able you know, to put myself in, to make that kind of money and be a professional athlete, mm-hmm. I got to have the reward. I can't go, I'm going to play this bowl game, risk injury and lose it all. Right. I mean, you have insurance, but geez, it's not going to cover what potentially you could earn. Right. I'm going to lose it all because of the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which uh, kicks <laughs> off at 1130 today, uh, Jason. I'm looking at the Parks Casino Sportsbook app right now, and I'm taking South Carolina plus the 11 and a half in this game. Did you know that the winning head coach gets slathered in mayonnaise? Now, are they using craft mayonnaise? No, or are they going helmets? Dukes. Dukes. Oh, Dukes, has, Dukes is a mayonnaise? Dukes. Yes. Oh. Yes. If you live south of the Mason Dixon line, you're well, you know, you're well acquainted with Dukes products. So like the Dukes of Hazard. Right, exactly. Yeah, you put on your Daisy Dukes and you get out the, the Dukes <laughs> well, mayonnaise and slather it on a you know a nice sandwich. Like Bo and Luke Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jesse Hair. <laughs> I used to watch that show every every Friday night. Oh yeah. Like Roscoe Pico Train. Boss Hog, wasn't it? One yeah. guy named Boss Hog. Yeah, he, he yeah. always wore the white like suit and he drove the yeah. big, the big uh, convertible with the horns on the hood. Was it a Lincoln Continental or was it a Cadillac? I forget. I think I thought it was a Caddy. Yeah, it might have been like a big uh, Eldorado or something. Yeah, the thing is like (laughs) put a sail on it. It was so big. Uh, I don't know how how we ended up on any of this shit, but we we weren't even planning on talking about college football. But it's it's relevant because it's happening right now. Right, Um, Harry. Let's talk about John Madden because oh yeah, like I can't get enough. You know. I loved Madden. I, I don't remember Madden as a player or as a coach. I remember him as a coach. You do? Okay. Oh, so yeah. You, you oh, yeah. a couple of years on me. I grew up with those Raiders teams in the 70s. I mean, that's when I fell in love with football was the early 70s, like 72. Wow. I was like seven years old, and I was just – I couldn't get enough NFL content. And back then, it was hard to get. It was like NFL yep. films, and maybe you got the game of the week and maybe you know, Monday Night Football, and that was almost – pretty much it like each week and I soaked that in and those Raiders teams they were football to me I didn't like them but I couldn't stop watching them they went to it seemed like they were in the AFC championship game every year when I was a kid and they'd always come up against Pittsburgh and lose and then the one year he finally busted through in 76 um, and and they went to the Super Bowl and, and beat the Vikings and they carried him off and he came back for the next year lost in the AFC championship to Denver who ended up losing to Dallas, and that was his last year. He retired with a better winning percentage than Vince Lombardi. In more games, too, by the way. Yeah, right. He, he coached over 100 games. Lombardi, I think, was only 96 or 97 games, if I if I recall. But he had an over 700 win percentage. Yeah, and he 0.759 winning ridiculous. percentage. Yeah. Lombardi's was 0.738. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like they're you know he coached two seasons and that's it, and then he walks away. Mm-hmm. But I cannot get enough of the old John Madden clips that everybody's posting. I know. Did you I see know. the one with the um, the 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 Gatorade buckets? 
You got a dad bucket here, a mom oh, yeah. bucket here, and then with, they had a with baby the bucket. With yeah. the telestrator. Dude, he made that telestrator. I mean, that yep. that thing, you know, now we, we think about it. Oh, yeah, it's second nature for a, for a color analyst to use this. And some guys don't even use it. Some guys you know, are better at it than them. But he, he basically invented that thing. Yep. I mean, and it was like he took the game to a different level with that. It was just. Well, he was but so him, smooth. I know. How about him circling Troy Aikman's cheek and pointing out how he can't grow facial hair? Yeah. <laughs> in certain spots. Right, right. Uh, he, and he was so smooth. It was so conversational. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he ever realized how good of a broadcaster he was because he was so natural. Mm-hmm. None of it was contrived or thought of or scripted. Right. He was just being – I think that the reason why I love them so much and, you know – Madden and Summerall were so great. Oh, the best. They're the yeah, best. I mean, but the reason I love them so much is because you you could feel his love of the game like oozing from his skin. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. wasn't like I'm putting you on to hype this up. It was just no, I love football. Right. And you just felt it. And and to me, that's genuine. Right. And it was and I honest. I can't wait to tell you how this play happened. You know, and, and it was like yeah. the perfect combination of play-by-play guy and color analyst because Summerall was a minimalist and he didn't he didn't get in the way he had those great pipes and of course he played the game so he understood the game but he knew exactly what to say and it was like not a lot it was like the give to Emmett Emmett for five yards and then Madden would jump in and blah 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 you know explain how the offensive lineman you know Larry Allen did this and wham and you know it was saying and you basically understood the play and then they're back in you know uh Aikman sets you know it's it was just the perfect you know yin and yang really of of broadcasting for for the game of football yeah the balance of the two because Madden Mm -hmm. could take up so much air oh yeah and there was and I don't think there's ever been a play-by-play broadcaster that knew that you didn't have to say a lot of words better right. than Pat Summerall. No, he's the best. I mean, they, they were, they were the best. They were football to me for so many you know years. And he started, I, I didn't know this until I saw the documentary, which is actually going to re-air tonight, tonight on Fox yeah. at eight o'clock, all Madden. I, t- I totally you know, recommend it's 90 minutes. It actually, they could have done a three hour dive to me and gone mm-hmm. even in more depth into those Raiders teams and, you know, him as a coach, uh, but I, you know, I get it. it it's, you know, n- nobody has time for that kind of stuff these days, except for geeks like me, but eight o'clock tonight. But I didn't know that his first broadcast as a color analyst was with Bob Costas, Re- oh, I didn't a young that. Bob Costas. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He was the play-by-play guy for, and Madden, and it was like a tryout kind of thing. And this is and, on Fox or yeah, CBS? I, I think it was CBS. on CBS. This was on CBS probably about 1979-ish. Wow. I want to say 79 or 80. And then he worked with Brookshire, who I loved mm-hmm. and uh, was fortunate enough to to actually do some radio with yeah. uh, back in the 950 um, ESPN days. He used to listen to the show and sometimes he'd stop in and, you know, we'd put him on the air and we, we had a ball with Tom Brookshire. He was a legend. But he started. He he then worked with him, and then they finally paired him with Summerall, and boom! It was like a rocket to the moon. Yeah, it was just so good. And yeah, eventually on Monday Night Football with Al Michaels, it was good. It didn't work like it worked with Summerall. No, no. Al Michaels is great, but you you need for Madden. You need to have him let him have all that space mm-hmm. because he could he could fill the space in such an entertaining way. Is there a guy at any other sport, Harry? that comes even close to that level 
both as a broadcast crew, some are mm. all Madden, and just as an analyst that's on that level in another sport. I don't even know that there is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, back I grew up, like I said, um, at a great time, and the Monday night football thing was just enormous. It had just started, you know, a year or two before I started watching it as a young kid. I could only stay up for like the first half, and then it got too late, and I'd have to go to bed. But Howard Cosell, Meredith, you know, and Frank Gifford. I mean, that was a crew, man. That mm-hmm. was entertainment, <laughs> really. Yeah. You know, well, Cosell was a maniac. Oh, he was great, Don was Meredith. Great. Uh, it was a little bit before my time. The, the first Monday Night Crew, like I really remember resonating, was actually Al Michaels. Um, so no, it wasn't Al. Was Michael. it OJ when OJ no. was there for a year? No, or it was two? with Deerdorf and, and Oh yeah, it, it just and it wasn't that great. Yeah, you know, yeah, I wasn't a big Deerdorf fan to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, he'd always say, "You want to talk about," and then he'd talk about the play. What What, what are you talking about? What do I want to talk about? Like it was a transitional phrase for him, but right, right. I, I'm trying to think of other like guys. Yeah, in in professional sports over the years and years that I've been watching in any sport mm-hmm. that come to that level. Like I look in baseball and I go, "Is McCarver there?" No, no, no. He was good. He was great. Um, you know, Buck and Smoltz are really good, but they're not a, near that level. Yeah, and that's no. there's. I mean, to get to that level where Mad, because when Madden and Summerall did a game, like you knew. This game just means more. It just yeah. did. Right. And it felt like it. Yeah, this was important. This was big. Yeah. And, and he actually changed the way we view football, too. Because uh, back in when he first got started, he was really, like, disappointed with the way they presented the game on camera. And he would actually meet with the camera guys and say, look, man, I need to see this. You know, he would sort of tell them, like, you need to frame this picture, you know, so I can see all this stuff. Like the and, all 12. Right. Like the game, the game that we watch today, largely, you know, he had a, a lot to do with that, with the way it's, you know, shot, which I didn't know. Um, you know, he would also get the access, you know, from coaches, which now is second nature, you know, where the broadcasters come in a couple of days early and they meet with the coaches and so, but he would actually be able to be in the locker room and really like, you know, Bill Parcells trusted him because yeah. he was from the game and it was like, that's that's where that whole relationship with him and LT and Phil Sims and those great teams of the Giants in the 80s came about. Like Madden had this great access because Parcells was like he was OK with it. Yeah, because yeah. he was part of the fraternity of coaches. Yeah, All right. And he trusted him because he mm-hmm. knew that he wouldn't break that trust because he was a coach. Right. Right. And he knew what the information meant. Right. He was going to be able to present it and without giving things away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. How about the bus thing? How that all got started? Yeah, it was whole- Dolly Parton's tour bus was the first one that they used. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Dolly Parton loaned or, or rented uh, her tour bus to Madden after they got sick of putting him on Amtrak's all over the country to get him to from place to place. So that evolved into the Madden Cruiser. And then he'd bunk out at, at the Dakota in New York City, where John and Yoko lived uh, yeah. for a time. Famously killed there. Right. And that was his sort of his East Coast hub because, they, you know, he wouldn't want to go back to California every week on the bus. He just couldn't navigate that logistically. Yeah. You know, then he'd have to be at Soldier Field for the next game on, you know, the next Sunday. So he would live in New York at the Dakota. And then he'd also, I guess, live out in the West Coast when they had West Coast games at his home in California. And they'd, you know, you know, logistically navigate him around the country on the bus. How great is that? I mean, how crazy is it that 
I mean, this is not that long ago when he was doing games mm-hmm. that he was, you know, you'd have to go to San Francisco. Yeah. And then he'd have to do a giant game. Like, how is he getting there? Right. I mean, they must have had drivers just rotating them. Well, he had one driver, as far as I know, that, it, that he really became uh, friendly with over the over the years. I don't know if they – I guess they would have to have another guy if you got to go 24-7 on the road. Oh, the guy, yeah, you got to tap The guy couldn't guy drive in. all night. But there was one guy that – I forget his name uh, – that became really close uh, with John over those years. But, yeah, I mean – you know, you think about it, you're going to those Niner teams in the 80s and the, the Giants were great in the 80s. The Washington Redskins were great. Yeah. It was all Chicago. across the country, man. Yeah. So great. Oh, so man. just just another element of that story. Like how much time did he spend on that bus, mm-hmm. the Madden Cruiser? Right. And then, you know, the turducket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it changed uh, the way Thanksgiving is is done, really, for a lot of people. You know, yeah. I mean, a, lot, a lot of times maybe you wouldn't eat till a certain time because, no, we got uh, Summer on Madden are doing the four o'clock game, uh, Dallas and Washington or whatever. We can't eat during that game. We got to eat uh, either before or after. Yeah. <laughs> or you find a way to slip it in at halftime. Yeah. It, now, have you ever had a turducken? Because I have not. And I'm 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 going to have one in this next year or maybe like uh, next Thanksgiving just to see what it's like. I always thought it was kind of a made up thing, but it's real. Well, it's it's a couple things combined. It's turkey, turkey and duck. duck, and chicken, right? Is is that what I? Okay, duck in. I'm thinking it's the three, right? And and what they basically like the ones they they had on TV, they would basically sew extra turkey yeah. legs on it, right? Right, right. like a, thing, like a singer sewing kit. That's what I, you know, because I'm young. I'm like, there's no nothing that looks like that. The thing's got like six legs. <laughs> <laughs> looks like it should be in the Avengers, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, and then you got Nate Newton, you know, picking out one of the you know, yeah. the legs and all that stuff, and. <laughs> Yeah, he's and, there and with then, the telestrator with the tur- the turducken. Right. Yeah. And then the, the all Madden team. Remember that from you yeah, know, he started that in thing. the 80s. That was and bigger than anything else. It was big, man. From what I understand, the players really took that seriously. And it was like a kind of an honor to really be mentioned uh as part of the all Madden team. Because you because knew you were a more certain about type football. of football player. Right, yeah. right, right. Right. You, you were more of a snot knocker and all right. that kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Well, the, the other thing, and then the video game thing, like oh. I mean, come on, like, yeah. it, it's so, in- his career is fascinating. To it me. really is. I mean, when you put it all together, and one of the last things that you mention is that he won a Super Bowl, that tells yeah. you he had an unbelievable uh, a career. Yeah. Total icon. Yeah. And yeah. I, like I said, I can't get enough of watching everybody posting the old clips. And I'm, the, I was watching the one the, against Dallas, Eagles Dallas. And when they go for it on third mm-hmm. and fourth, oh, yeah. they did it again. Yeah, they did it again. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth and I'm one, yeah. <laughs> and 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 Summerall, you're right. Is like hand off to Emmett. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And he's like, they did it again. <laughs> what is going on here? That's right. what he said. Like, he's like, he was like, what is going on back there? Right, right, right. <laughs> and that's Barry Switzer, right? Uh, yes, yes, it 1990, was. I think. Ninety, I think it was ninety-five or oh yeah, because Ricky Waters like that, on the yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, just such great stuff. And I, I just like I'm racking my brain here trying to figure out if anybody even like in any sport, like I'm trying to think as, as a hockey guy who even I mean, who's the greatest analyst of the game ever? You know, I, I don't know. Nobody comes close to Madden. No. I mean, who was who was always paired? Well, well Eddie Olchick for a long time, mm-hmm. right? With Doc. But who was who preceded Eddie Olchick with Doc? I don't remember. Then that tells you all you need to know. Right, right. 
Yep. Exactly. The fact that we don't know, we can't remember mm-hmm. it off the top of our head. Mm-hmm. It means it's not synonymous with the sport in baseball. I mean, it is probably, it's probably McCarver mm-hmm. for most more recently in the last 30 years in um, the NBA. I mean, who would you, who it's not Bill Walton. I mean, who was the number one analyst? Walton's more the, college now. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, kind of synonymous with college. Dick Vitale uh, would probably be a guy that would approach it. I yeah. mean, in college basketball, he's iconic. Yeah. And, you know, has sort of transcended, uh, you know, the sport in many ways. I mean, Marv uh, Albert and uh, Mike Fratello were a great. Oh, they candidate. were great. The czar with the telestrator. Yeah, the czar of the telestrator. <laughs> the czar of the telestrator. The czar. <laughs> Classic, uh, but but that that was a great duo for the NBA, and and mm-hmm. those are the Jordan years too, right? Yeah, and like y- you know when certain broadcast teams are on a game that you got you got a big one, and yeah, um, Madden was just awesome, just yeah. so so so. Now cool. I met Madden. Did I ever tell oh, you? you did? No. Yes. Yeah. In uh, 1987, I was going to Temple. It was my first uh, semester. I, you know, left Shippensburg unceremoniously uh, a year or so earlier, and I was enrolled at Temple, and I was going to school there. And the Eagles were playing the Giants at the vet. I want to say this is like November, and it was it was like a beautiful sunny day in November. And my my roommate and I were like, hey, you know, let's just get out of the game today, see if we can scalp a ticket and get in. So we went down to the vet. I'm wearing shorts, okay, and. We get to the game, go in, game was, you know, it was a thriller, went to overtime. The Eagles, I believe, lost on a field goal. So after the game, we go out and I say, hey, I saw the Madden bus out in the parking lot. I'm like, Mm -hmm. let's go hang out. Let's see if we can, you know, catch summer on Madden. So we go over there and there's like maybe three or four other people just hanging there. So we stayed by the door and for 20 minutes or so. And it's cold now. Okay, it was a four o'clock game. It's now 738 o'clock. And it's really cold. And I'm in these shorts. And here comes Summerall. And he's he's three sheets to the wind. And just kind of nods hello. And, and he didn't even shake our hand. But I you know, said, hey, hey, Pat, you know, great, great game or whatever, you know, whatever. Big fan, blah, blah, blah. He just like went right up into the bus. And, you know, yeah, he was he was shot. Here comes Madden. He's talking to everybody. Right. And I'm, I'm like, hey, John, great, great stuff. Great to meet you. And I, I shook his hand. Dude, his hand, like from tip of his, his uh, middle finger to the back of his wrist must have been this long. I mean, he had yeah. huge mitts. He shakes my hand. His fingers go up my arm, right? Yeah. I'm sh- shaking his hand. He's scratching your elbow at the exactly. same time. So I'm, I'm like, like kind of blown away by it. He's just standing there. And I go, hey, uh, I, say, I go, shorts, it's freezing out here. John, is this all Madden? uh material you know and he gave me one of those like caliendo would do, would yeah. do and he said it's definitely all madden and he and he said good to meet you and he went right up into the bus that was my meeting with john madden <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> you, you busted a, do i make the all mad do i make the all mad list right <laughs> i wish i could imitate him but i know and you know he never liked that that imitation i i believe no i'd always heard that he was not a fan of it yeah i think he always thought it was like making fun of him too much yeah i thought it was an homage yeah i did too i mean you know how it is i mean i know we've dealt with that before yeah right oh certain guys get offended it's not an homage it's an insult bo i'll fucking kill you
That's not my style to rip, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Tony, I mean, right. we tried to get Tony on, and oh. I hate to do it to him, but I know he comes down with the Omicron. Yeah, yeah, he's and doing better. Yeah, he's doing better, which is good. Him, Miss Robin, but yeah, um, we're gonna have to get him on. Uh, we, we obviously wanted to talk to him about Madden too, who he knew from sure doing the, the game and, and got to know out there what and when he was working out in, on the West Coast. Yeah, but well, he was the voice of Madden. Oh five, oh six, oh seven, huh? That's right. and, and he also would go to the bocce tournaments. Uh, Madden held this bocce tournament every year. And Steve Mariucci and a bunch of guys would, would go every year. And Bruno was up. He was in that group. Me and Mooch were partners. Huh? Right. <laughs> Still got the trophy. He's a friend. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We got to get him on. I know. I know. Dude, speaking of San Francisco, we tried to get our old boss on. Oh, yeah. Matt Hagen. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. shot it down. He shined us on, gave us the Heisman. Yeah. And then blamed it on corporate. Yeah. How about that? Said they were they didn't like that he did a an industry interview not that long ago and he mm-hmm. should probably hold off. Right, right. And I'm like, what do you I mean, you're just gonna come on and talk about some old times. Yeah. And I think the industry interview uh was with uh another one of our old bosses who yeah. has the who has that <laughs> website, and it was basically, I think, talking about a show that Matt had put together on his station. Yeah. Like and promoting just, it, basically. Yeah, just getting some quotes for the for the article to promote the show, I believe. Like, what's I wrong with these companies? They got a bitch about, like, a guy doing something like that. I don't know. Everybody wants control. Uh, it's ridiculous. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't get, like, why is it a big deal? I, I don't know. You're in the communications business, for goodness sake. Right. And he's not going to say anything bad. No. You know and what I mean? He's going to rip them and imitate them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Which I guess is See, I guess I, that's what I think he on. wanted to avoid. And he probably just is using the corporate excuse. Oh, you think? Do you think that's yeah, just cover? I think hat? so. That crossed my mind. I mean, why would I want to come on? How do I get out of this? I mean <laughs> he'd be like, let's let me call a consultant. What was the consultant's name again? Oh god. Who's I the guy out? I can't remember. He's out, out west, right? Yeah, in Arizona. Rick Rick Scott. Rick, Scott. Rick on the yes, phone. Yes. <laughs> Tell Coach to come in with the binder. Or Buzz. (laughs) Buzz Knight. Oh, my God. I can't believe he didn't come on. I know. Disappointing. I'm going to have to call him and just rip him. Be like, I hate to do it to you, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you one of those. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, Let's tell the people about Parks again. Park Sportsbook. You get a $500 risk-free bet just for signing up. And it's real simple. Download the app, Android or iPhone. Log in, create an account. You get that $500 bet. Harris got a couple plays. You got, you got South Carolina. Yeah, I took South Carolina today in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, plus 11 and a half. And I found out that Purdue, they play Tennessee at 3 o'clock today. I don't even know what the bowl is. But I found out that Purdue is like most of their wide receivers are going to opt out or can't play. And they, they have an NFL player uh, as one of their wideouts. And I don't think he's going to play. So I'm jumping on Tennessee. I'll lay the seven points. Uh, the SEC is going to actually win a bowl game here. All right. So you got Tennessee yeah. and South Carolina yeah. uh, today. And then do you, do you have any early lines you like on the Parks app? Well, let me look here. The, the playoff? Um, one of the games that I was looking at. Well, actually, the Eagles are three and a half point favorites on the road. I don't like that half a point. Um, but if you made me take it, I, I would because that that stadium is going to be filled with Eagle fans. That's going to mm-hmm. be like a home game on the road. Yeah, um, straight down the Beltway to ninety five. 
Exactly. It's very easy to get. Those uh, Washington football fans give up their tickets very easily at this point with their team. Um, Chiefs and Bengals. I might jump on the Bengals at plus five as a home dog. Did you see what uh, Joe Burrow did last week? Yeah. Threw for over 500 yards. And I believe four touchdowns and no interceptions. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. They they were putting up points. Yeah. They're like a video game. You talk about all Madden yeah. or a Madden game. They're, they're, that's them. So. All right, so you got a couple plays there. And, uh, again, you can get them run on the Park Sportsbook app. Real simple to use. Make sure you follow Parks on all the social media channels, at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, and everything's there. You get great content. You're going to get daily specials and tons more. And, of course, you get that $500 risk-free bet, live in-game play-by-play betting, which is great. Props, whatever you want to do, rushing yards for football or yeah. passing yards, touchdowns. Yeah, the uh, player performance stuff is great. And then they got the same game uh, parlays. Yeah. yeah. It's great stuff. It, this is like not old school betting at all. It's, no. it's so much more fun. It's a new level. And, and that's the other thing too, Harry. Like with so many guys, you don't know who the heck's going to turn up in protocol like four minutes before, you know, tip off or kick off or what it face off, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you get that live in-game betting when you know who's going to be actually playing in the game. Exactly. It's, it's very important right now. And, you know, even when it pre-COVID, it would be an idea where you just, you know, is so-and-so going to show up for this bowl game? Do they do they really have interest? You know, like Ohio State and the Rose Bowl, they're, they're a team that was thinking they were going to play for a national championship. They, they aren't. Now, are they going to be motivated to play in the Rose Bowl against Utah? I know Utah is going to be motivated. So yeah. if you miss the kickoff, no big deal. You take a look at what Ohio State's got. You think they're they're playing for something. Well, you know, you can get more information and just jump in in-game. Yeah, more educated yeah. bet to throw at it. Uh, also, if you're into you or your business are looking to start a podcast, you got to talk to our friends at Wildfire Podcasting. Yeah. Great studio over in Clementon, New Jersey. Uh, if you want to do a career in sports broadcasting, you just got something to say or your business has something to say, become an expert in your field. Uh, this is a great way to market your business and become known as an expert in your field. And you get hundreds of thousands of listeners and you can touch them directly and, and message to them directly. Go to wildfirepodcast.com or email Jim. It's Jim at WFGNJ.com. You can tell them the Aji's podcast sent you. Your first show will be free. Again, it's wildfirepodcast.com. You want to save the music list for the next episode? Yeah, let's, let's save it. Because you got this list, and we'll just tell people what it is, and then we'll do it on the next episode. Right. The best rock albums of 2021. Right. It's from uh, our friends at WMMR on their website. They have all mm. these polls that you can go up and vote on the best rock song, best rock album. And the one that I sent you a couple of days ago was the best rock album. And I'll just say this. This is all I'm going to say for now until next week. This gave me hope that rock and roll is not dead because I listened to all 10 of these songs. I think there were mm. 10. I liked all of them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you have a very, very refined palette when it comes to music well yeah but it's an old school palette like like this is new stuff you know which is like it's some of it sounds like old stuff but they're new bands for the most part i mean there's one foo fighters are on the on the list and they've been around for you know 25 years whatever it's been um but most of it's are are newer bands and it's just like you know there was a while there where i'm thinking ah rock and roll is gone it's it's dead you know these bands start producing you know album a couple of albums uh, you know, and have some sustainability. Uh, rock and roll is not dead. Yeah. 
because yeah. it, it became all about the single all mm-hmm. of a sudden. And yeah, I, I like the album. We got my daughter a, a record player for Christmas. She's a bit nice. of like a, a throwback old soul. And she opened up, we got a couple of albums for her. And one of the albums we got, we got, we got her Let It Be. Oh, wow. She opened it up. And her, like it was like a, a freaking time warp. She's like looking at the album. Yeah, reading like, the liner notes. Yeah, she flipped <laughs> it over and looked at the back. And then she pulled out the liner notes. Oh. And I'm like, you you don't get that when you buy music digitally. No. How many hours, you know, have guys oh. like you and I spent getting that new record or even the CD? Because the CD would have the, you know, the the stuff. You could pull out the 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 notes and unfold yep. it and page after. And I would soak all of that stuff in yep. while I'm playing it for the first time. Yeah. yeah. And and with an album, too, you'd always smell it. Mm-hmm. The smell yeah. of a record. <laughs> it's just, and then <laughs> the she's up yeah, and she's up yeah. there playing it, and it just sounds so. It, it sounds so imperfect, but yet perfect because right. it's not perfect. Right. Um, all right, that's going to put a wrap on episode four of the Odd G's podcast. Everybody, give us a, a subscription, subscribe to this podcast, leave us a rating and review, and yeah. we would greatly appreciate it. And uh, I guess we'll be back in twenty twenty two, Harry. Yeah, tweet us uh, guest ideas too uh, at Harry Mays Tu, and uh, what what do you got at Jason Mertitis at Jason Mert. Mert, M-Y-R-T. Yeah. And uh, coming up in just a little while here today, uh, Stick to Hockey Live at 1 o'clock. Beautiful. I got, I got uh, former NHL and NBC play-by-play man, now current Kraken play-by-play man, John Forslund on the program today. Oh, he's good. Yeah. That so, guy's very good. So we'll talk to Johnny coming up in just a little bit. Everybody, have a great day. Have a great week. We'll talk to you in 2022. Happy the New Year. Podcast.